through thick and thin, we're standing by your side, cause it's a matter of faith. Welcome everybody to another Talking League team preview and today we have Jaywar and Shooter previewing the New Zealand Warriors. Before we pop into it, you can follow us on the Facebook at Talking League, Instagram Talking League Pod, X at Talking League One, and you can find all our content on www.talkingleaguepod.com. Jay Warrior, how's it going, mate? Yeah, no, she's a hot one, and just to date us, we are the day before Waitangi Day here in New Zealand, so both of us have sort of just uh, not gone to work today and uh, <laughs> <laughs> made a long weekend. So, and she is a scorcher here. I think she's thirty degrees already today. So, another scorching hot one in the south. So. Uh, no, all good, and looking forward to perhaps our second best ever Warriors preview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is our second time recording. We did do one on Friday, and if you ask TK nicely, he might um might give you guys a blooper reel, pretty much full of shooter bloopers for the preseason. So, <laughs> but anyway, let's get into it. So the Warriors they finished fourth last year. Uh, good season. Not a lot of people have expected it. I did. What did you make of last year? Do you think we can replicate it this year, Jay Warrior? 100%. I think that window is wide open and it's ours to storm through and go a couple of steps better than last year. Obviously, we've, we'll talk about the gains that we've had, but it just looks like we've improved our squad without um, really losing anything, just adding depth. Nice. So, so our first 10 games this year, we've got Sharks, Storm, Raiders, Knights, Rabbitohs, Seagulls, Dragons, Titans, Knights, Roosters. So it's a, it's a, I'm pretty happy with that draw. What, what's like your thoughts? Looks like an eight and two or a nine and one start for the Warriors and being on top of the table <laughs> early doors. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see it as a tough draw at all. So um, I think like even round three against the Raiders. I believe could no, that is one of our home game. Is that our home game or their home yeah, game? Yeah, uh, it'll be their home game, but it's in Christchurch. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So um, that just gives us an easy, easy win there too. Cool. So gains this year, we've had the return of the spiritual leader and Roger Tuivasa-Sheik. Chanel Harris-Devita returns, and Kurt Capewa as he has become known, has joined the team. And losses, Bailey Serenin to Catalans, Josh Curran to the Bulldogs, Viliami Vailia to the Cowboys, Ronald Volkman to the Surgeon's Table, and Braden Williami has retired, who it's unfortunate because he looked like he was quite good early last year. But let's kick into it. So we've got some studs. How good is this bloke? We've got Toru Harris, 736k with a 54 break-even. What's your thoughts on Tohu this year, Rich? Yeah, I think you'll hear the same thoughts from us a lot, is that uh, 
there's no value in a Tohu Harris. However, as far as a Warriors fan, you know, he's the leader, he's the glue, he's the uh, workhorse. Uh, but when it comes to fantasy points, there's no upside to him and potentially even a slight downside. So unless Tohu perhaps unfortunately picked up an injury or two early doors or maybe went off with the head knock early doors and dropped uh, 100k, there's probably not going to be many times this season that we're going to have Tohu Harris near our team. Yeah, you're right. You're going to get what he's priced at, basically. It, it was good to hear him in an interview the other day say that the strapping is not for anything injury-related anymore. It's more like a peace of mind thing and just gives him a little bit, bit of confidence. He did have a couple of low games last year because he did suffer a few knocks. Uh, so, But he averaged 53 fantasy points. Um, over the year, he averaged 38 tackles, 135 running meters. He is just going to give you base, basically. But as you say, there's not a lot of value there in Classic. Probably a decent draft pickup, though. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next player on the list is Adam Fanoa Blake at 792k, 58BE. Would you consider starting with him over Haas at all, Rich? Uh. Again, it's you get what you pay for, and if you're prepared to pay 180k for Haas, um, and you want to try and save money because those points per, uh, per points per dollar are essentially the same. So, if you're trying to save 80k and you're prepared to lose eight points, but with that 80k you can pick up those points somewhere else, you might do like AFB. It was quite nice to hear him come out and say that he's addressed the players and said, no, he wasn't looking for a release. He realises this, this is his last chance to win a premiership with him leaving to go to Cronulla. Obviously, all windows shut once you go to Cronulla. So this is his year to win that ring. So I think he's really going to have a massive year and we look forward to him um, maybe picking up one or two points in value, but probably not enough to go near. No, he's probably another draft option again. He did have a... Wonderful season last year. He was one of the best props in the game. 57.5 fantasy points, 177 metres gained per game. Three tackle breaks a game. He, he is an elite prop, but his scores were boosted as well. He scored a lot of tries last year. He scored about seven or eight tries last year, so his stats were boosted slightly. So, again, I don't, I just don't see much value there. Uh Sean Johnson, the prodigal son, 872K, 63BE. Would you consider starting him over Nico or Cleary? <laughs> yeah, uh, rinse and repeat, really, when it comes to that. You know, he, he did average 64 essentially last year. So, again, you're getting what you want. And if you want to save 130K, but the problem with saving 130K is that you're going to be missing out on those extra points, which is when you're paying points per dollar you want to maximize that so it'll cost you nine points essentially not to have cleary but i guess if you were to have a bold strategy and go i tell you what i enjoy watching players from my own team i love the warriors and so i'm going to back the warriors i might take Fanua blake and sean johnson and instead of having a schuster in my team i'll have extra money to get sean lane do we think that sean lane could average uh, 15 points more than Schuster. Yeah, I think that's a goer. So 
there's definitely an alternate strategy if you're a Hard Out Warriors fan and not a huge fantasy fan. Yeah, you'd almost need another career year from Sean Johnson to make it worth it, I think. I think there is a bit of value, though, if you look at combos. If Roger Tuovasashek gets the right centre, which I don't know, there's lots of talk about which side he'll get left. He steps off his left, but he's a right-handed ball carrier. Uh, if he got the right-hand side over Berry, maybe Berry swaps, I don't know. I think you could see a bit of upside there in Sean Johnson, but it's very, very risky. And last year was a career year. We'd need that again from him. He did have a really good year, 63.3 fantasy points per game. Kick meters, 515. Running meters, 58. Tackle, and have a hell of a lot of tackle breaks, which he used to be known for, 1.7 a game. So he wasn't totally based off a whole lot of attacking stats, but he was very, very good last year. And it's just uh, molded into that more all-rounded halfback. But again, there's just other options there that are probably going to get you more points. Even you as a pro Warriors fan and a guy that loves to take a bit of a punt, I don't think would even uh, be starting either of these three, would you, Shoots? No, I, I couldn't justify it. I'd love to. Like, I would really love to have Adam Fenor Blake and Sean Johnson, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, next player on the list, Roger Tuivasa-Shek returns. But at the centre position, he's priced at 619k with a 45 break even. What what do you see happening with Roger Tuivasa-Shek from a fantasy perspective this year? Yeah, it's tough because as a Warriors fan, you just hope he comes out and absolutely blitzes it and just continues to go up to about a 750, 800k uh, centre, which means yeah. he's just lit it up. But reality is, is that that's probably not going to happen. So I more see the fact that. He will probably, again, score around what his price might dip a little bit. And then I guess that's our only hope of getting Roger into our team is that he dips a little bit. Chance perhaps is out for a few weeks. He goes back to fullback and can get those bigger numbers. But, yeah, again, can't see a, a place where Roger's in our team uh, for fantasy. Uh, we've got no sample of him at centre, so it's very, very risky you want to Four or five data, four or five datum probably, and it could heavily rely on what side of the field he plays on as well in terms of how much ball he gets in it. I imagine he takes lots of hit ups and gets a few trices, but we'll see what happens there. Too yeah. too too expen- expensive to start with. Yeah, you definitely want them to be bad dates as well. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You want to drop in price here. Um, a, a standout from last year was Charles Nickel-Klukstad, who has taken that fullback spot and is going to keep Roger in the centres. Priced at 551k with a 40BE. Is there any love for Chance from you, Rich? No, n- not at all. There's the concern over head knocks. Um, great work ethic, but again, like when you think about our, our back five, our forwards will have no excuses for missing tackles because all of them are ball-hungry, uh, lover-hit-up kind of guys. And you're almost going to – and I guess that's where having the experience of a tohu who's just going to at some point have to say, get out of here, you little, you know, peanuts, and let us big boppers take a few hit-ups because, um, yeah, but I can't see a place where CNK becomes relevant again in fantasy for us this year. 
Uh, scores are two up and down. He had an average of 40 last year, 40.1 last year. It was uh, great from a rugby league perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, just doesn't have it. If he dropped in price, he might be an okay something to carry later on in the season. But again, be interesting how they line up. But yeah, definitely a late late draft pick as well. Sort of, you know, he's got that work ethic, but doesn't really have a high ceiling either, which is always a concern for your win fullback. Yeah, hundred percent. And we have Wade Egan at five hundred and seventy, uh, five hundred and eighty-seven k. Sorry, with a forty-three break even. He's Becoming one of the premier hookers in the comp, is he a premier fantasy hooker to you? Not premier, but he's just below, and he's in that range where if he can stay on the field and avoid those head knock games, which is always a concern because he's in there tackling all the time, uh, he could definitely elevate his game. Like You can just picture him darting out a dummy half and having options of Fenua Blake and Roger Tuivasa-Shek just sort of... Uh, in a position to take quick balls and then thus he gets a couple more try assists, a couple more line break assists. Um, but it's a health sort of situation. I do think you're probably getting a little bit of value if you don't want to spend big and have Harry Grant or a Robson. He's definitely better than a cardboard shoulders uh, that I've heard mentioned in other pods. <laughs> his price at a 43 break even for this year, but his minute, uh, with his minutes over 80, uh, over 70, sorry, his averages actually goes up to 48.9. He only had nine games over 70 minutes last year, though, but he is quickly becoming a player that could take it to another level as well. If the Warriors forward pack, which has improved this year with the addition of Kurt Capewell, and he can get some quick ballers, running meters go up every year, Wade Egan, he could be someone... Just to keep an eye on, I'm I'm considering starting with him just based on his price and hoping that he can avoid the head knocks and getting some 80-minute games in, but I'd be looking at what that bench looks like for the Warriors when they start. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it's hard because as a Warriors fan, you, you, you want to have Warriors players in your team because you like watching players that you're interested in, but uh, it is very hard at this stage to find players. And, yeah... I, I'm not against the Wade Egan shout for you having a crack at. Um, so, yeah, he's probably in the mix, but I'm pretty confident I've picked my hooker and I'm, I'll probably stick with him. No, fair call. Uh, probably two more players that could, well, one probably isn't relevant and one could be relevant at some point, but it's the battle of the number six. We have Tamari Martin with 378k, 22 break even. He has never been overly fantasy relevant. You don't see that changing, Rich? Nah. And I think the problem is is that he needs Metcalf to have a serious injury to even um, to come close. Like I think we're all in agreement that Metcalf is definitely the pick of the sixes that we have. And unless he was to rip that hamstring off the bone again, we wouldn't wish that on anyone. Um, and then even then, it, Chance, um, uh, Ch- Tavita Harris could be ahead of him. <laughs> um, so many uh, three-letter digit names that I was just struggling <laughs> to work out which three they were. So even he could be ahead of him in those depth charts. So, yeah, not for me. Yeah, I would say Metcalf gets the spot in at 457k with a 33 break even. I don't see much value in Metcalf at the moment either. 
Nah, not at all. Uh, we do have some, probably one or two cashies at the Warriors that are possible, but it would be reliant on someone getting injured. But Ali Laatawa, 300k, 22 break even, training the house down this preseason by all accounts. Monty Beetham mentioned it on the Warriors podcast. He'd probably be one you could look at later on in the season, Rich, if we had like an injured Rocco Berry or someone. Yeah. Yeah, if there was one more spot available, I think he's first man up. He had that awesome debut game where he gave Croker a bit of a bath. Well, not a bath, but he definitely didn't look out of place. And when Croker's had 300 games and you're on debut, you don't miss a tackle, you score 39 fantasy points. Uh, he is ripe for the pickings, just needs uh, a chance. Uh, and that could come with, you know, one major injury to any of the backline players. And I think he's first man up for me. He's probably the only Warriors cashy this year. There's a, f- there's a f- couple of Fords, Zion, Mayal, Demetrius, Sifakula, and the likes. But you'd need some serious injuries to happen in that Warriors pack before they become relevant. Yeah, and even then, you know that they might not even have time to make money because they would literally be placeholders, uh, whereas uh, Laotua, if he gets the chance, could just say, sorry, boys, this is mine now, and takes over. So, um, yeah, if you just what you don't want is like a suspension and he comes in for one week and then he's out yeah. and then you have to wait for six weeks and then he's in and, and then slowly yep. he just made that cash. Yep. You probably, if he's going to be in, you need someone to be out for three or four weeks minimum. Yeah, 100%. No, 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 no. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of other players we should mention. So Jackson Ford, breakout star from the Warriors last year, probably moves to a bench role with Kate Well coming to the side. Any love for Jackson Ford or because he's going to be on the bench, don't imagine it's going to be worth the 605k. He's going to lose money, so if we get an injury in that forward pack, he, he could be a beneficiary. Yeah, I think he might hold his place. Uh, he was a favourite of Webby's last year and really served the club well and proved his worth. I feel that he hasn't done anything to play himself out of the team. He did have sort of a a little bit of a slump right at the end of last year and got benched, but I think that was more just fatigue. He put in a big year, big preseason, big year. Um, but I think you'll find he will get the start and that uh, Nia Cora may go on to the bench because then he can sort of cover the front row as well. Yeah, it's a good point. So Murata Nia Nekore, 513k with a 37 break even. We could see him sort of moving into that middle rotation with Kurt Capewell and Jackson Ford taking the edge spots, which could very well happen. Again, though, there'd be no love for Murata, would there? No, and this is the problem with the Warriors this year, is when you have a settled lineup, it's great for your club because it means that you've got those... Uh, combinations, you've got the relationships and it means that your club's really ahead of the play the ball really when you think of a Bulldogs team and they'll be introducing themselves to each other on the field going oh which player are you number 57 or you know they've got so many players that no one will have a combo no one will have those relationships so the Warriors 
not great for fantasy, but great if you're a fan of um, the Waz this year. Yeah, they've, they've built great depth. We've we've probably covered most of the relevant players, Rich. What is your lineup looking like for the Warriors? Like, what what's your predicted lineup? Yeah, I think it's pretty self. Well, it's not self-explanatory, but obviously seeing K at the back, Dallin on one wing, uh, Montoya gets the other wing, and then you've got Roger getting one of the centre positions. Uh, the big. Uh, probably interest will be the other centre position and whether Rocco Berry gets it. Um, and I do predict that Rocco might just get first crack over um, Pompey. Pompey. Although Pompey played every game last year, he was signed quite late. So I think they'd realised that the succession planning had worked and then at the last minute thought, well, we haven't got anyone else, so we'll give him another season. And then I think... We're comfortable with Metcalf and SJ. And then you've got Fanua, Blake, Egan, Barnett. Uh, I think it'll be Ford and Cape Wall with Tohu at 13. And then um, whether Tohu pushes up and plays 20 or 30 minutes in the front row and Neokora comes into the back row and then on the bench, uh, you've got Dylan Walker, Jazz, and um, maybe Tom Arley just to add another big bopper in there. Yeah, I think we're pretty much in agreement here what our predicted lineups and what most other people would think. I I did think maybe Jackson Ford would sort of come off the bench because he can cover that middle role as well. So it'll be between him and Murata who who cover that middle role, I guess, from yeah. the bench. And you're going to get the same either either way. Yeah, and I think Dylan Walker's probably playing. The backup nine. I don't. I think they've realised that Jazz A doesn't enjoy it, and B's a little slow. Whereas I think Dylan Walker probably he loves being in the mixer, and yeah. But it's pretty funny. I just looked at that bench and realised that all of them could play front row if needed. So <laughs> um, yeah, d- yeah. If we get a back injury, I suppose Dylan Walker can fill in in the backs, can't he? Yeah, yeah. The, from a fantasy perspective, the. The Warriors probably don't have a lot of players that you'd consider starting with. The, probably the biggest one I would see some value in is Wade Egan if there's no hooker named on the bench and he can keep himself injury-free. Yeah, and getting those if he gets those 70 minutes, as you said, there is a little bit of value, um, but it is a risky value, but that's your style shooter and it's just another way to force another trade early in the season for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, you you have a new podcast joining the fray this year. Do you want to give that a quick plug before we finish it off? Yeah, so we're going to run WAS Weekly, and uh, you might be called on to fill in uh, every now and then, but it's me and a couple of lads that I know pretty well. So uh, there'll be lots of banter, and it's going to be done on the Monday, sort of a review of uh, the weekend in fantasy for us but also with um, the Warriors content. And we're also going to put it, we're going to open with a, a, f- a new fantasy song, uh, which uh, will be a banger. So we're just working out some details at the moment, but uh, yeah, hopefully that one goes pretty good. So That new song will be on like the top 40 or something, will it, Rich? No, I hope not, because that might bring copyright into play. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of uh, Google searching, but uh, we believe that as long as we give full credit to the people, that um, 
yeah, there's no copyright breach, and we're not doing it. We're not doing it for commercial gain, so that's the that's the key point. And if Weird Al can write parodies, I'm sure that the, me and Chris can too. <laughs> no, beautiful. Now it's been a good good team review. Always a pleasure being on a on a show with you, Rich. Yeah, no, it's a good shooter, and we've both got Warriors memberships this year, so we hope to see uh, catch up at one or two games. I know um, I'm trying to lure you and TK over for the Raiders game, and uh, yeah, then I'll try and make it up to a couple of Auckland games as well, I suppose. So, yeah, uh, roll, yeah on can't wait. Se- roll on a good season, eh? Awesome. Well, thank you.